Hello and welcome to Between the Mountains. This episode's guest is Liam Campbell. Liam is based up in Scotland and discovered the mountains and hiking and climbing a number of years ago and actually now is the man who loves winter more than summer, uh, to which I agree. <laughs> um, he did about 100 Munros in 2017 after waking up on a, a New Year's Day and just having a, a bit of a, a life epiphany. Uh, and since then has just completely changed his lifestyle, the way he does things, uh, has completely taken up. Uh, as, as we so nicely put it later in the episode, he's, uh, we sacrificed chats in the kitchen after a night out with to uh, just chats in a tent on top of a mountain. So, really great episode. Love Liam for coming on. Such fascinating insights into climbing, into winter climbing, different aspirations, different views on planning adventures, on fear and risk in adventure. So, I really, really hope you enjoy it. His content is insane as well. That's how I found him um, as most of the guests on Instagram. So I'll leave links in the in the chat description below if you want to go and check out what he does. Uh, but in the meantime, hope you enjoy the episode and um, let me know your thoughts and opinions if needed. If not, more coming soon. Liam, how you doing? I'm good, Chris. How are you? I'm doing very well. Like, like I've just said to you, we, we, we say this as if we haven't been talking for an hour and a half already. But, right, an hour and a good, half. It's good to know that you're still doing well. <laughs> still doing well, still comfortable. Yeah, I, I mean, I would have, uh, if I've done a good enough job with the editing, I would have already said uh, a bit about kind of just how much climbing you've done and how much love you've got for Scottish winter climbing. Um, mm. But I, I wanted to start off a, a bit, uh, right back at the beginning so I read I read that you only really found this sort of the mount, mountain walking and climbing about sort of five or six years ago um, but growing up in Scotland so close to the highlands like what what was that like did you have any sort of outdoorsiness about you growing up at all well yeah mate I've, I've always been a sort of outdoorsy person I've always kind of been into mountain bike and general being outdoors like it's as you do, like, you just kind of feel attached to being outside. Honestly, I didn't have a clue what was pretty much in my back garden until um, six years ago um, when I thought, oh, good idea, we'll do Ben Lomond. And I, from that, honestly, I did not know. Like, I'd never really been up to Glencoe. I'd never been to the Highlands. Like, Honestly, I'd only really seen Scotland from the cities, like from Glasgow, coming all where I stayed. Like, I had sort of went and wee road trips here and there, but I didn't have a clue what the Highlands was about or what sort of things folk were actually getting up to in Scotland. Like, if you told me eight years ago that I would have been ice climbing in Scotland, then nervous. I told you, I get up. Like, Honestly, the sort of things that you can do in this country, not even an hour from home, is in this world, like, unbelief. And honestly, I didn't have a clue um, when I was younger, which sort of something I'd like to encourage. I'd like to kind of, especially um, my boy Derek, I'd like to kind of get him into it from a young age because I didn't have a clue what was out there. I wish I did. Yeah, it's yeah, it's mad, isn't it? I mean, even even with me, like just uh, going out on my little walks and cycling adventures as a kid, like my mum would always go, "We're so lucky to live where we do," and my brother and I would just wait, eye roll every single time, <laughs> just like, "Oh, here, here she goes again." Hi. <laughs> yeah, no. it's, it's about the same, and it's so close to you as well. Like such huge landscape, so close. So, I mean, fast forwarding to that, um, you said I think you said in that article, it's just after New Year's. And you went into Ben Lomond, like, and and you and you gave up the drinking the nights out and started. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I was eighteen at the time, and obviously pretty much drinking every night. Like, probably could say things were spiraling out of control. And I don't know. I just I woke up on New Year's Day, and I'd done a few like towards the by end of two thousand and six, and I'd done a few like, small hill walks. And I woke up New Year's Day with a hangover from hell and I'm lying on my grand's couch and I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing? I thought, do you know something? I'm going to go up Ben Lomond tomorrow. So I said to two of my mates, I said, do you want to go up Ben Lomond? On the 2nd of January, we went up Ben Lomond. 
and it was a cracking day. And I just caught the bug. So two days later, we went and done Ben Volick at Loch Ern, and then literally every day off I had from that point, I was up in the house. Full of 2017, I think I drank twice, and literally every day off I had, I just went up in the house, just bagging Monroe's. I just said, oh, that's mad addiction, I want to do all these Monroe's. So in 2017, I bagged 100 Monroe's and probably and dozens of doublers. I just completely engulfed me, like that was now a complete lifestyle change. Like I am now outdoors person, like this is what I'm going to do. I am going to do the hills and learn everything about the hills. And then it was just like, it was like Pandora's box. It was like a can of worms <laughs> because see the things that followed, like the photography, cameras, kayak, and, and then obviously the climbing, the whole winter climbing thing. Like it just pulls you in and then that's you. And it's, it's great. It's good. I think uh, the, the the phrase I had when, when I was into modifying um, cars and the phrase I heard about these sort of hobbies was that a, a, a crack cocaine addiction would have been cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, mate. It yeah, definitely I mean, it, it, it pulls you in. Yeah, and, and I, I just think that's I, possibly something that a lot of people could relate to. And I, I know I can in a very similar way of just discovering this great outdoors and realizing actually like what the what the fuck are we doing there's a, there's that quote isn't there which is um every man what well, every man has two lives that the first one he he lives and the second one uh, begins when he realizes he only he realizes one. he's one yeah, eye. yeah i butchered the hell out of that one but i think everyone knows the one yeah. i'm on about yeah i, th- I think that's that sounds, a... that sounds very much kind of like how you how you went yeah. how you discovered the mountains yeah even just discovered myself like mm. i don't know like growing up I don't know, you could probably say, like, I just, I was a bit antsy, like, I don't know, I felt like I should be doing something else. I was always kind of jumping from sport to sport or jumping from activity to hobby to hobby. And I don't know, like, I was kind of, I'd say quite an angry guy, like, I just was never really settled. And then as soon as I found hills and discovered what was in the Highlands, like, just completely gave me a different lifestyle. Like, I just feel home. Like, I just feel kind of relaxed now. Like, I just feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be, doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, it's bizarre. It obviously I changed for the good. Went into the hills and discovering Scotland. And then the things that I got up to now, like, if you told me six years ago I'd be doing this, I'd be like, nah. Not a chance, mate. And then now I'm literally flipping kayaking, climbing, flipping, camping on summits, going to stay in Bothies in the middle of the Highlands with random people, with no phone signal. Like, I don't know. If you told me that years ago, I'd just be like, nah, mate. Not yeah. a chance. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, I-, I wanted to ask as well, like your rapid progression from just doing Ben Lomond possibly on the 2nd of January, still with a hangover as well, <laughs> from the sounds of Sweating things. Sweating out all the <laughs> yeah. uh, festive spirits. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I want to ask, like, the, the progression, how did it go from, like, what, what does your journey look like to you from walking up Ben Lomond and realising how much you love this, through the kayaking, through the scrambling, all the way through to screwing in ice, ice screws in, in the side of ice, you know? How, how did you get there? I think I skipped a few steps because I kind of went from like Monroe bagging straight to winter climbing. Um, I sort of skipped the rad climbing. Yeah, but I went out in January. I was out quite regularly after that. And when I was out, I was taking pictures on my phone. I was taking these pictures like, oh, this is class, look at this. And I was thinking, oh, on my Instagram and maybe encourage somebody else like me to do the same thing, maybe have people to go with. I was posting the pictures on Instagram and I was going out. only had a Monday off, so I worked six days and I was off every Monday, Mountain Mondays. So I'd go out every Monday, again in rows, taking the pictures and popping them on Instagram. And then my Instagram kind of started to grow and 
police how walkers and following me and i started to notice there was quite a bit of community like it was there was a community there so i was messaging people on instagram and talking to folk and folk were saying oh do you want to try this and i was just i'll try it and see if you message me and say do you want to do this i just say yeah even if i can't do it i'll be like i'll do it for you i'll do it so i was doing bits and bobs i out in the house and some scrambles like the anarchy bridge um had been up and done ledge route on ben nevis the cndrx um, I was like, well, this is great. Like, I like climbing, like, it's or scrambling, it's better than just walking. And then I was, oh, the pictures I'm getting is good. So I bought a camera and then I was out with all these random people off Instagram. Now, I'd gotten not come on old and I only sort of knew people from come on old. And then I'm going out up the house with folk from Inverness, folk from like Dundee, like folk from down south, they're coming up to meet me and go up the house. So I was getting like invites out to do like different things. And then someone messaged me and said, do you want to try winter climbing? I like, yeah, I what do I need? Ice axes, crampons, and then I went with Jamie to the Slaret in Glencoe. And that was me. I was like, nah, I, winter climbing's my thing. Like this mm. is what I'm doing. So that was, I started the house obviously January, but it was, a rubbish winter so it was the following winter i started winter climbing and i was only kind of doing like grade ones and twos maybe pushed it to a three and then getting into that summer after that winter season it was obviously no winter left to climb so and then started doing some trad climbing sport climbing i was like right that's climbing game is what i'm wanting to be doing so i was kind of pushing it and i was wanting to lead more and get this thing where I just want to know everything so YouTube sitting on YouTube every night watching all sorts of stuff on climbing and I was like you know something I actually feel really confident I'm going to take some people out or take and find like a permanent climbing partner because I was only working Mondays there's nobody I was only off on a Monday there's nobody really to go out with so that's when I started the soloing so I'd go out I'd do like twos and threes solo and I was uh, going quick because you're yourself and trying to grab as many routes as you can. So I was kind of going over Scotland, like the Cairngorms, Ben Nevis, Glencoe. I was doing like maybe two or three kind of grade twos, threes in a day. And I started to tick off kind of a lot of the good twos and threes. So I thought, I need to find folk to get out with. So I was starting to take people out, like folk from coming old, folk I'd sort of known or known of when I was. Um, younger, and they were all wanting to kind of try and get out. So I was like, ah, I'll take you out. I, I like kind of taking different people out because I like to watch people get in the bug because it's easy to catch. And then at that same, completely like, oh, that's a house now for me. So <laughs> it was good. It maybe a few years to kind of get a decent sort of team, a decent sort of group on the go, like our about the same level as me or like, you know what I mean? Like they were a good sort of team. And then, yeah, so now I like to just get back mountain days, climbs, like now pushing the grade a wee bit and just getting out with group pals or whatever else. And then obviously the photographers came on over the last six years as well, just in pictures of my adventures of boys of whoever's out or just random people in the house so it meant how it all came for that just a wee well we'll go up Ben Lomond just a kind of rash decision and literally from that day I'm here now like things that I now do the uh, equipment that I now own like things I've seen the experiences I've had like I dreamt that not in a million years and it's just spiralled from oh, maybe not drink tonight we'll just go up Ben Lomond mm-hmm. so I think like I just always think that's a bit mad how it's just came from that yeah I think um any experience you have in the mountains is gonna trump waiting in a long queue to buy some shots at a bar <laughs> definitely mate or yeah. ending up in some kitchen at five o'clock in the morning talking absolute nonsense yeah so, 
big difference. Now we just sit in a tent on some summit talking absolute nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. So in some ways it's the same, but <laughs> but, it, but it's also not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, so, you know, you've basically one in one year, you got completely hooked and then started winter climbing. So you've been winter climbing for longer than you have been hiking, say, as a whole. You know, like like the majority of the outdoors has been winter climbing then. Well, sort of, because obviously winters are a bit unpredictable, so we're getting kind of long winters and short winters. So yeah, that's, say, my sixth winter season. It just finished. And obviously, say, maybe four months of climbing, five months if you're sort of lucky. Um, so, yeah. I try and cram more into winter because obviously I enjoy it more and I've obviously got that wee voice in my head saying, oh, maybe one year you won't get winter. Hmm. So, yeah, I've just got that sort of fire inside me for the winter. So do a lot of winter stuff and talk about it more. But I do, I do do a lot of summer stuff, like the trad climbing. You can still have days, even if it's on Monroe's that I've done or whatever else, I can try and make the best of both really mm. yeah a lot of winter climbing for the amount of time i've sort of been doing it and it's just amazing winter climbing i don't know well i mean i, I wanted to ask you know how do you feel about heights <laughs> honestly mate quite comfortable with heights not that sometimes in the odd occasion I don't look down below my feet and go, holy <laughs> shit, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm comfortable with heights. Sometimes it does still feel like, well, maybe I'll look down there. Yeah, heights are fine. Um, yeah, because it, it seems... It's, it, 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 you know, I, I'm someone who climbs um, not primarily um, and not often enough, definitely, but a lot of the, the reason I do a lot of the things I do... It is because I have that I have a fear of heights. Um, you know, I don't like to say it too much because then it becomes a label, and I go, "Oh no, I can't do that because I've got a fear of heights." Um, so I do like to push myself, but it definitely makes me feel a bit weird <laughs> when I look over <laughs> the edge. Like, even in a climbing gym, I look down, I'm like, "Oh, that's that's not usual." Um, but it, it really feels like the the photos you get and the videos you put on, you really do seem to have quite a steady steady hand when you're taking these shots on instagram so yeah i was just just keen like it doesn't really seem to be something that you've wanted to push inside yourself you've just not really got that fear sort of deeply rooted inside you guys yeah it was something i kind of didn't have at all at the start was fear like, there was no sort of fear there like it was just like, i feel like everybody's a lot more capable than what they think like humans are a lot more capable than we do most days you know what i mean like you can push yourself and you'll be fine like you generally will be fine your capabilities is just like that was something i always wanted oh, what am i capable of like what can i do like and then it was kind of like it was a buzz to go i can actually just go out and do that like i can do that i can go ice climbing i can winter climb whatever else so there was enough fear there for a while and then I don't know if I'd call it a fear, but after I had uh, my wee boy, I don't know, I just had this wee voice in my head sometimes like that, well, well maybe maybe don't do that, or well, do that. So that caused me a wee bit of bother for a, a couple of years there. Like, I was going out and I was on lines or grades that I'd climbed before. I don't know, I just kept having this wee voice in my head saying, I'll wait a wee minute here. Like, you need to go home tonight. So I think I'm like, sort of arguing with myself, like, but you've climbed this grade before, or you've um, this, even done this climb before, sort of hang on the exact same route, and I've just got this wee voice in my head saying, well, wait a wee minute here. So maybe, honestly, longer than I'd like to admit to sort of get over that. Um, that sort of, I wouldn't say ruin, like, some of my is out, but I don't know, it just, this wee thing would, I'm over me mid climb going off wait a wee minute here, what are you doing? And it kept bringing me back, oh, you've got you've got a wee boy at home, you need to go back. You know what I mean? Even yeah. though honestly I was comfortable or I'm on a climb or a grade, but I'm fine on doing, do you know what I mean? But it was just something that just kept ticking over me. 
Yeah, so I managed to shove that to the back of my head now. Like, I'm comfortable. I've got the experience. Like, fine. Like, you know what I mean? Something can happen to you driving to the shops, you know what I mean? Or walking to the park. Like, I'm out doing something that is comfortable to me and regular to me. Like, just get on with it, sort of thing. So I try to kind of backbench that thought. But that's as far as really fears have went, sort of, on the hills. Or I've mm. had fear of mm, so and so's out with me that's never climbed before. Mm, like, I, before that, I could kind of either filter out the fear or it wasn't there. Yeah. So this is actually the second time now you've, uh, you've brought up organically something I was wanting to, to, to mention. Um, first time since recording, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is, you know, be- becoming a, a parent is is a huge thing. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask about, uh, I wanted to chat about risk with you um, and we might as well do the parent parent bit first, which is, how, you've kind of explained that. How has it affected your your days out and you, as far as risk planning goes? Have you really just shoved it to the back because you're confident in just being quite logical, pragmatic in your skill? Um, or, or does it really change how you do days out now, now that you are a father? I mean, you could say it's made you a better climber in some respects. Well, sort of, I Like, for the first maybe two years, I'd probably say I didn't, honestly, I didn't like going like above grade five. Like, I just had this weird, like, thought of it, like, grade five and one, uh, maybe, maybe don't above that case something does happen like because i feel comfortable really comfortable up until there and not that i'm not comfortable on like some i just had this i don't know strange kind of fear i don't know why it was just coming over me so i'd kind of like shy away from maybe doing certain climbs and then i was like no i can't actually do that because i want that i want to get a better climber i've climbed Honestly, a lot of the kind of um, seriously good grade four routes, grade five routes, like I need kind of get time outside the box now. Like I want to get myself, gain more experience and honestly push myself like I was doing for the so many years. So I don't know, like I just, it's like stepping stones really. So see, you're going out and you're building these blocks. So you start off, a block for out walking in winter, say, with your crampons on, your ice axe on. And then you maybe try a winter mountaineering route and get better on it, so you build another sort of step up. And then, again, you're kind of building again and building again. So, like, you're just, I don't know how to explain it, like, yeah, to other people, what you're doing might seem like, wow, like, that's extreme, like, there's so much risk in that, that's really dangerous. In hindsight, like, is it really as dangerous as what it looks to other people when you've been building that up for years and years and years? You've been adapting your skills, you've been getting comfortable in different terrain, trying out different things, like getting better with the ropes, more, um, uh, like, what's the word I'm trying to find here? knowledge and just experience yeah, like and placing gear and setting protection yeah like, so i you could have a fall but if you are like when you place your gear and checking for loose rocks and it sort of brings that risk to me down a little bit than what it seems to other yeah. people like other people look and go whoa that's scary it's not really scary because to me and I know what I'm doing, like I feel safe. So guess I've just kind of not tried to kind of forget the thought that I've got obviously a wee boy at home and be more confident in myself and obviously my own skills. Oh, like I am very comfortable. I'd go out and even maybe solo a grade four. So obviously going harder, like just the natural kind of stepping stones in doing so. As long as I'm not making rash decisions or like, I, if you need to turn around or conditions are bad 
or whatever else, then obviously out and over there for another day. In that sort of sense, yeah, there's risks there that will turn me back and put me off. Like conditions not there, maybe conditions aren't, and the weather's out of control. And the mountains here for another day, but other than that, like I just feel like you, me, you just need to keep progressing. I mean, like the natural thing for humans to do is progress. Like everybody just wants to progress, so I'm just naturally going to stay on the progression path and progress. Now, not push it, but progress naturally for me. Yeah, I, I, this is actually something uh, I was I was looking forward to asking because I've asked I've I've talked about you know fear, risk, and and being a parent before, but they're usually with people who have got years of what they do under their belt and then they became a parent. Whereas I, I feel the unique stance that you have um, compared to the other guests I've had is that you've uh, only a couple of years before, right when you're in those foundation building blocks, did, um, did you then become a father? Mm-hmm. So it's not like you've had to backtrack off of free soloing El Capitan <laughs> and think, actually, no, I'm a dad now. <laughs> um, you know, you you're able to actually take a much more of that pragmatic approach of just understanding that maybe this is actually an, an irrational fear, but coming in rather than um, a, a real consideration for mm-hmm. the things you're doing. So, yeah, yeah. it's interesting to say, I, I mean, talking about progression as well, you, you spoke about wanting to go outside the box and, and keep, keep uh, no, no pun intended, but I just caught myself about to say it, uh, putting one foot in front of the other and getting, getting forward. When you're planning these routes and these days off and these 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 epic times out, what comes into the consideration box of picking what you're going to do that time? Honestly, especially recently, like honestly, just the weather. Like I feel like it's the weather gods that decide what you're going to do in Scotland, especially <laughs> when our but in summer too. So honestly. Say the weather's to be pretty crappy and we're in winter. It really determines so different factors in winter. So I'll get the avalanche forecast, see what the snow's doing, and then obviously the avalanche forecast you look at maybe the northern aspects are moderate avalanche. So then maybe I'll look somewhere for a southern kind of aspect, like or a, an eastern aspect. So can I adapt it around? the avalanche forecast and the weather. Winter climbing is the only thing that really, really puts me off in winter is the wind or rain, right? If it's absolutely pushing down, you're not, not it's maybe not a good idea to go winter climbing. But the wind as well, if you're top, it's top out into the wind for me. I absolutely hate popping out and getting blasted by the wind. So the other kind of considerations winter climbing summer stuff it just needs to be dry or on certain sort of locations dry for a few days or five days like yeah so it's really just the weather that sort of determines what we go and do like now bye pray to the weather gods please please make it dry yeah or something because yeah, it's just, it's just the more I've explored and obviously the places that I sort of know kinda in Scotland, you know what's kind of to go and where to go and different sort of weather conditions or maybe what to do. So it's just really a case of getting the weather and saying, oh, next location is to be nice today. So, oh, we've got our eye on these two routes so we'll go up and do those two routes or maybe we can't go here today because of the weather oh it's nice oh the only place nice is these so we could maybe go sport climbing at our broth or something so that's kind of the gauge now because if i've got a day off and i know i'm going up the house i'm going up the house like i'm going out i'm going out in the mountains and that's what's happening so it's just a case of getting the weather and then picking a the location and as far as the inspiration goes for, for that for, for the route you're doing do you do you have like a lot of books at home with just like just yeah. packed full of routes or is it 
people talking to you or oh, i did this climb a while ago and it was insane or do you drive past something sometimes and go i want to climb that <laughs> but i've written mate like a bit of all of those things so all the scottish winter books rock climbing books like yeah, yeah. smc books they're all sitting there and then there's rock facts as well which is the art on the phone now the smc uh, routes which is great you got all the routes there is still i think a lot more it could be added to the rock facts but it's a tool so i've got all these routes on my wish list that i want to do and then i tick them off and i do them then another a thing that maybe sparked last winter season the winter before was new routes so I went out and done a new route by accident. And then I was like, that was nothing like the guidebook. Like, There's no way that was anything like the guidebook. That was wild. And then I went back and I'm looking at the topo and I'm looking at the pictures that I took and I went, nah, we weren't on that route. Like, what were we on? I emailed Simon for Scottish Winter and says, look, what was this we climbed? He's like, oh, it's not been recorded. So I was like, oh, that's quite cool, a new route. I was like, that's quite cool going out and obviously that wasn't like the guy but that was completely different i was like oh maybe go and try and find new routes this time like intentionally maybe go for a new route and then i don't know i just got that it's like there's no guidebook there to say oh uh the bailey's um first bailey's 20 meters up at this chalk stone and oh be careful and this box it's on pitch two like you just you're kind of when it's an open mind, like putting your feelers out, and it, it's like another level of exploring. Like, oh, wait, no, nobody's done that route before. Like, that's not like it's not a case that you look up like a route card or something that says, Oh, that's that route. So, that was that. And then last season, we were having a wee kind of babble. We left coming out at like 10 o'clock, so not ideal time for out in the morning, start a winter climb. And I was like, why don't we go to Ben Loris? Because I noticed some really nice looking short routes up there. We could maybe go and do a route or two. I think there's only three routes on that crag. So we went up there and we found this cracking arete. And it was a beautiful night, last sunset. So we are climbing this route. Um, lucky Sunday arete because it was a Sunday. And we were lucky because, honestly, if we were ne- never went to Ben Loris, we weren't getting a climb that day. So we went to that route that I'd spotted like three years before. I went, oh, looks class so we went back up we got that route it was an unbelievable night it route like it was just a fantastic route and i thought you know so i want to be a bit more of this so keep a wee note so i'll go somewhere and i'll spot some nice lines some of them obviously have been climbed they just look like class routes so i'll keep a wee note like, up doing that being x y and z route and up in the uh, cory locking up in the gongs like well x y and z route these look good so yeah, that's obviously looking in books on the rock facts app or a lot of the time it's you can get them through hearsay or routes that you see. So they all sort of go into planning. Now I've just got all these routes that I honestly couldn't possibly climb all of, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> At least there's a wee sort of selection there for yeah. days at the weather for, the weather for some locations. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, we, we talked about as well um before we hit record you said don't get you started on um things abroad <laughs> uh, not, not to poke the beast too much like wh- when you start adding the uh the overseas list of stuff you want to do how how realistic is it that you're going to get it all done <laughs> well it overseas stuff seemed really realistic like it was uh ambition i mean like that's what i want to go and do then obviously I had Darich, and it's not that I can't go away. It's just I feel maybe guilty going away for two weeks or longer than two weeks to like Galt or to Norway or to anywhere really. Like because he's so young there now. Like, I don't know. Like I was, we were going to go over to the Alps during. Well, it was it was meant to be ended up during COVID, so we pushed it back. And then we were meant to go last year, but I didn't go. And then I kept saying, oh, we'll go over it. I'd like to do, I've just loved the look of the Matterhorn. Like the Matterhorn's something I'd really love to go over and do. 
I'd even, I'd honestly love a North Face route in the Matterhorn. It's just, I said years ago, like when I started, I was, oh, I want to climb Everest, but I want to do these 8,000 meter peaks, but do I really like, hmm. yeah, you're not. So many people, especially Everest, want to do Everest. And it's now becoming such a, I won't say accessible thing to do like Everest. It's just, so many people going for in that weather window. I mean, and then obviously it's hard. You're going up into the death zone above eight thousand meters, but it's just not really original. Like I just like to do something. If I'm going to go abroad, I'd like to do something that well, that is a class thing we're doing. Not that climbing an eight thousand meter peak isn't class, but I don't know, like something just different. I just want to go over. I had my eyes in the Matterhorn for years like obviously since i started the hills it's just a big goal mm. but it's obviously a close goal it's not exactly like that far away it's like it's not wild and remote is it it's yeah. uh yeah it's... you could drive there <laughs> mm-hmm. and then obviously if i go over there maybe do a two say the matterhorn would take maybe three days like towards the end of the trip or after we've acclimatized but there's other things you can make a, a trip out of like a holiday out here you're not just going over climb Everest and you're not acclimatising at base camp for X amount of weeks, not away for two months sort of thing, so I think things that I can do, that I can squeeze the most out of a trip and I'm not away for ages, away from the wee man, would be ideal, so I think that's something I've been looking at more coming into this year because I've been put off the last few years because obviously he's been that young so I think Maybe this summer, might go over to the Alps. No, I think I think it, it's a, an achievable plan this year. That's the plan. And then I'd like to go abroad and do some ice climbing, some ice cragging. Maybe towards the end of the year, maybe January twenty twenty four. Maybe a long weekend, four days. Kanye, maybe Norway. Like, yeah, I think that's definitely another achievable plan. So I think that's in motion maybe start looking at that so yeah i have been a bit gutted the last few years i've not been able to go abroad as poker going over your fear of missing out sort of thing everybody's getting cracking scenes and so i think this year looks like it's a much more achievable sort of idea than it has been so i think i'm not going to get my hopes up too much but i think it's something to look forward to this year yeah, and as I as I say, you know, as someone who follows your Instagram, I'll I'll, I'll be dead excited because <laughs> for any content you produce, so <laughs> probably the internet if I go abroad with the amount of pictures I'll take because that's something I've got a problem with is that <laughs> shutter button on the camera. Like, oh, whoa, whoa, look at that shot! Look at that you shot! Have to bring so... like four or five hard drives with you. <laughs> <sighs> Talk to me about storage. Um, you know that kind of brings us back to Scotland. You know. W- there's clearly so much, so much to do abroad, but Scotland is is where your, you know, your your essential breeding ground. Mm-hmm. What is it? Do you think now that you have discovered the Highlands, what is it about Scotland and the Highlands that is really such a catch that makes you and so many others get the bug? What do you think it is? Well, obviously, see, growing up in Scotland, right? Doesn't matter, kind of, if you're into the hills or if you're in the Highlands, or you're living in the city. There's just this air, right? Like it's a kind of theme it's freedom so we've obviously got Braveheart and everybody's got that in their blood like just this urge for freedom and when you go up into the highlands that is what you feel you feel free you finally feel forget about the system you forget about work you forget about your problems you just go up into the highlands and you're completely free you're away from the cities it's just addictive seriously addictive to get away from it all just be more and obviously it's beautiful it's stunning absolutely stunning i don't think there's a view in the highlands that you wouldn't go wow look at that (laughs) obviously there's that but i just always kind of every time somebody asks me that question it brings me it just, I just think freedom, freedom. You feel independent. You feel free. You just 
forget about all your problems. And that's obviously before you set foot in a hill. As soon as you're up in the hills, you're just lost. Like you're genuinely away with it. It's just, and then obviously the vastness of the Scottish Highlands. That the Scottish Highlands are huge compared to like the Lake District, Peak District. Like you go into the Highlands and it's just mountains for miles and miles and miles. You could drive for five hours and it just you'd just be driving past mountains the whole time. Well, for somebody that loves mountains and loves hills, like you're not really short of them. It's just endless stretch of possibilities. And it just dives you right into what can you do? Gorge walking, canyon and kayaking, wild swimming, walking, climbing, scrambling. I've not even scratched the surface. I think we could go on all day. I think when you realise like what there is to do up there, it's just you're just hooked. Like it's just And all the different ways you can do the one thing as well. Exactly. Exactly. Like just it's addictive. It's addictive just heading north. I think that's something that's kinda until maybe when was it last month I went down to the lakes for the Craghopper shoot. I hadn't been out of Scotland since before COVID. Like I've just that, that that's me, don't need to go anywhere. Really bothered if I go on holiday or not. That's what Sky's for, that's what Mull's for, like that's what the Northwest Islands are for. That is a holiday. that's the holiday. Like so yeah. And then it's just you could explore Scotland all your life and I don't think you would genuinely still not do everything, do you know what I mean? Like you'd still have stuff to do. So something I'm just going to keep doing, exploring Scotland. Absolutely. And this is the other thing that we touched on before we hit record that I mentioned earlier, which is community. Uh, yeah, you brought community. it up organically before. How, what are, what are your views on it? And not to double barrel the question, but how important do you think the role of the climbing community is in Scotland? Well, it's something that put me by surprise. Like I didn't expect to go on Instagram and, like everybody was just talking and groups, like how easy it was to get along with everybody else. It doesn't, you know I mean, you go up, you up on Ben Nevis and you could walk past a hundred people and every one of them would say, oh, yeah, how are you doing? How's your day? You go into Glasgow, you walk past a hundred people and I think 30% of them would want to batter you or kill at you or whatever else. So from coming out of living in the cities in Scotland to up into the highlands and being on Instagram and the hill walking community and then the climbing community. I think it's just, it was, I was honestly like, wow. The amount of people I've met through Instagram and through doing the, the hills, like folk from all over, folk I wouldn't have dreamt of ever meeting or bumping into or hanging about with. It's just it's special, something special. As well, I think, Everybody sort of wants to help each other out or keep people taps or just climb with other people as well. Like the amount of climbing partners there is, everybody was just really willing to climb with anybody really. Like for the groups that we've now, we are now in and the people that we now go out with, it's folk from all backgrounds, all sort of ages, like from all over the country, really. Folk that just five, six years ago, even imagine yourself out with or being in a group with or having that much of a laugh with. And I think it's like friends that I've got into the climbing over the last couple of years as well, they'll say the same. Like, it's absolutely mental, the sort of niche that you're in now, the group. But it's just because I, everybody's got that one sort of common interest and it's not just like a common interest like it's not just oh i quite like that like everybody it's so passionate about the mountains and about the hills it just creates this fire amongst the community like everybody's just so into it so sort of connected it's just create it's just this mental community that i'm glad i'm a part of and it's a love it i think it's right like I don't think there's a community like that in much other sports like it just seems to be 
it's like there's just such a big wide community on it. Yeah, I, I don't really feel like it's gate kept much either. It's not. It's not like it's it's a click. It it yeah. really is. If you if you just if you just start walking in the Highlands, you're, yeah, you're going to exactly. bump into people, talk to people. I remember when I did Myron Driesch years ago, yeah. and someone was walking their dog on the way down, and we just made conversation. And she said, "Oh, you're going to put this on the the Walk Highlands forum," and just started started asking me about that, and, and you know. Just from a random conversation that was easily initiated, already pulling me into the forum community. Yeah, it's it's so open and easily easily accessible as long yeah, as you easily can accessible. Get mm-hmm. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's like went to something hill, like you said there, and then you end up walking off the hill with them, or maybe going to grab another hill with them. Like you're halfway through your route, you end up finishing the route with them, and then you're good pals after that. Mm. I. Like I was walking, I maybe say drove me a wee bit extra at the start. Was it was always no one my age was doing the hills or going out to Bagman Rose when I started. Like it was just really me. Then I was going on Instagram and I didn't know how who to go out with. But then I'm getting all these offers and all these. Oh, we're going to do Anarchy Ledge. We're going to do this. So. Ended up just saying, "Aye, I'll go. I'll come here. I'll come here." So the amount of people I met and the amount of people I went out with at the start were just crazy, and all these ends for life that you meet now. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like I don't know. Yeah, it's it it it's it was just bloody brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> it's Aye, like, that is yeah, really good. You're, I mean, because you're absolutely right. You walk around a city and and you walk past ten times more people, and no one. And, you know, especially driving as well. As someone who lives in the countryside, <laughs> I get annoyed when I go to Cardiff, where I, where my office is based. <laughs> and like, like you let people into a lane and no one thanks you. <laughs> but well, then, got, I'm to yeah. everybody's waving at you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's the exact. It's a really good analogy for for going from just like walking down a street in a city to just walking up a hill and in the Highlands is just the yeah, it's incredible. Um, we're we're kind of coming up on time. Um. I feel like we've barely scratched the surface with just no, Scotland not. and climbing and like uh, yeah, I, like I wanted to talk to you about the past season, but um, I, I think um, I'll finish off with uh the same one and a half questions I ask at the end, which is uh the first one is um, if you could relive any moment in the Highlands that you've had so far, which moment would that be? Well, now you're talking. I'd probably say. If I was to relive anything again in the Highlands, it would be my sky sky trip two years ago, two summers ago. It was just phenomenal. Griffiths went up to Sky. Um, we go every year and we go climb at the Coolins, Haven, Wild Swimming Canyon, and we camp all weekend and we move around. But the one two years ago, I sort of size group of us went and every single day it was beautiful weather like not a cloud in the sky for the full six days like warm lovely and it wasn't a cause it was made just sort of everybody just sort of get back on the horse again after covid it was relatively quiet as well so it wasn't too busy which i thought obviously was because Sky in the summer's mobbed. Yeah, that trip was just phenomenal. Like, spent two days on the ridge, pushing ourselves. You know, it was roasting them or sunburnt as anything. It was a class trip. We'd a class beer after every day on it. We'd been caving, canyoning, done about everything, really. And it was just such a good trip. In the atmosphere and the buzz between the group, like, everybody was just in the zone together, like, we were away from it. It was great. I'd back to that trip my heartbeat that was a great trip a really really good trip yeah the weather gods are really looking out for you yeah the weather <laughs> See, to be honest much wood we get quite lucky with the weather i think or i don't know if it's maybe we because we look at the weather and we look at conditions a good bit before and we kind of the best option like we don't go in we don't say we're going to do this that weekend it's not really a we might say, aye, that might be a good idea. We don't make a big plan and set ourselves on the plan beforehand. 
So we will literally base our plan off the weather, like literally the day before the, we go. We, just, we know we're going somewhere. We wait until the day before and say, right, look, this is the weather forecast. We're going here. So we're not going to a specific place, even the day before. We aren't going to a specific location. So I think that gives us a wee bit of kind of the upper hand on the weather gods, really. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, I'm doing it again. I'm asking another question. But I mean, I don't know about you, but as someone who's really impatient myself, I feel like climbing and and the mountains and just the, the admin and the approach that you have to take to it teaches me a lot about just life in general, which yeah, is no, definitely. don't forward plan all the time because sometimes yeah, it won't no, work out. My mindset has changed completely since I started the house. Like everything I've, everything a wee bit advanced thought, like research, like so you research everything when you do the house, you research really routes, climbs, mountains, the weather. But the amount of stuff that I've learned, like the size of the information that I've consumed of things to do with the hills, because I've wanted to research it. So I've kind of applied that to the rest of life. Like I always, I'll think twice, I'll research things, I'll think of things beforehand. Do you know what I mean? I won't just go make a rash decision and like I always like have a wee bit of structured approach to things. That's something I've noticed since I started, obviously, and really into the houses. I'm start, starting to kind of apply that to everyday life as well. So, yeah, I'd yeah. agree on that one. It makes you a better person, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Which would, hopefully. <laughs> and the other, the, the other half question I've got is, you know, obviously you are someone who has a, quite a phenomenal skill of photography and you've got your Instagram with with in my opinion like some of the best content <laughs> at the moment for, for for mountains at the very least appreciate that mate thank but, you hey hey mate you're welcome if we wanted to keep up with you and, and the adventures and the potential um uh, alps or matterhorn trip coming up and the next next winter season where can we do that um on my instagram at liam campbell will come up liam campbell with the scotland flags um <laughs> Also post on YouTube, which can be found in my links on my profile. Um, and TikTok is now something I hated, but now something I find myself posting on quite a bit because you reach a lot of people. So my TikTok, Liam Campbell as well. Definitely Liam Campbell. Perfect. Well, listen, I'll put all of them in the show notes anyway. Um, Liam, it would be brilliant to have you back sometime. To um, I'd be to happy to come back on. And I'd be happy to maybe arrange a wee day out. Up, up here or down there perfect well listen yeah well thank you very much for for, for, for chatting mountains because honestly that, that's a perfect way to end the week for me <laughs> yeah definitely good start to the weekend anyway yeah